welcome to Podship Earth. This is your host, Jared Blumenfeld. Happy 2019. This week, sustainability concierge, mom, and outdoors advocate Friday Apoliski sits down with me to discuss how to be resolute in 2019. Hi, Friday. Hi. And I'm just used to writing 2018. Actually, mostly I like write 2016, 2017. <laughs> now, now we have to write 2019. Yeah, I can't wrap my head around that yet. I could never really understand New Year's. It didn't really ever make any sense to me. Like, why did people celebrate New Year's? It's just the passing of a day. But now I kind of like it a little more. So Romans began each year by making promises to the god Janus. You know what January, who January is named after? Janice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Janice was like a two-faced monster, but I, I guess it's also January. I did not do well in my mythology class in college. Mm. <laughs> Back like in the 1900s, not that many people made New Year's resolutions and it's grown each year. People make more and more and more resolutions. This year in particular, actually, so many people I know are having like get togethers to do goal setting, like kind of meetings or group kind of workshops to put some energy and thought around what has just happened in this year. Like take a pause and think about it and what was good about it and what wasn't good about it. It allows you to take a deep breath and, you know, and think about what's your intention for the next year. And, you know, there's all this information about if you write it down that it will be. Or it's more likely to be. I mean, if you don't write it down, if you never conceive of it, it's not going to happen. Well, that's for sure. So that's important. Yeah. I often forget that. So of course resolutions are good. Friday, (laughs) the study of New Year's resolutions, they said 35% of people failed in their New Year's resolutions because they were unrealistic goals. Mm. 33% of participants didn't keep track of the progress and a further 23% forgot about them completely. And then one in 10 said... They'd wait, made way too many New Year's resolutions. So oh, there's, there's some, I'm totally one some of those pitfalls. People. Yeah, pitfalls. So we Once shouldn't I make too going, many. Yeah. Then I'm like, oh, yeah, and I want to do this, and I want to do this, and I want to do this. Maybe instead of saying, here's all my resolutions on January 1st, that on January 1st, I'm going to have like three. And then on March 1st, I'm going to have three more resolutions. Stop and evaluate how are my resolutions going, and can I add some more? I was talking to the people at the gym. They were like, gym membership goes way up in January. And then by March, like 40% of the people that joined the gym (laughs) haven't gone to the gym. Interesting. Do you know what I mean? Like, so we get this big rush of enthusiasm to do stuff. It actually kind of feels like environmental conferences. Everyone leaves them like, yes, (laughs) we're going to do all this stuff. We made all these commitments. And then, yeah, well, what were those commitments? Uh, We made too many of them. Yeah. Or, oh, we didn't track them. <laughs> or, you well, know so I, was at this I forgot setting, about them. I was at this goal setting meeting a couple of weeks ago. And this one girl pulls out her laptop and she has the most incredible, like, Excel workbook. And it's not even one page. It's like multiple pages and it's color coded for like all the goals Love it. and how she's tracking <laughs> towards the goals. And there's like all these conditional formulas on like, if you do well on this one, then what does that mean for the rest of them? And yeah. all the, it was phenomenal. When I was in law school Friday, I had 
all these things that made my work more orderly. Like I had hole punches, right? Special hole punches. Then I had the binder. Mm -hmm. Then I had the binder separators. Then I had the binder separator colors. Then I had the labels. And I realized like I spent more time creating the order than I ever did reading them. So maybe there's, she might have a super colorful, like incredibly laid out Excel spreadsheet of her actions for the year, but she may be spending just a lot of time on them. I think that is totally true. Maybe. Or maybe she's just awesome. Well, there are some awesome people. Yeah. And there (laughs) are some awesomely organized people. I'm definitely not one of those. I would like to be one of those. There was this New York Times article a year ago about if you look at someone's desk, the person with the messiest desk is often the most creative and intelligent. Oh, that That, makes me feel nice. (laughs) Yesterday you were in the New York Times on Sunday. I know! How huge is that? Congratulations. I know, it's kind of insane. That feels like if you had a resolution at the beginning of 2018, it would be... How do I get in the New York Times? Yeah, you maybe. did it. Can we work backwards actually on yeah, resolutions? Nice. Can we just say that's a good way of end, doing it? Oh, yep, that was my that was it. Yeah, <laughs> accomplished. The New York Times was like that. Was so like basically, your quote week. in the New York Times was, "Give us your quote." Oh my gosh, it was about Christmas trees. It was about Christmas trees, and it if was. If you have anything on it, if you leave anything on your Christmas tree, it's garbage. Happy, happy New Year, New Year on this New Year's Day. May the snow be whiter and the sun be brighter when you're out to play. I love this uh, Buddhist philosopher, Pima Chodron, and they have a little, you can see it right here. It's kind of like Mao's little red book, except it's a yellow book. So I'm going to read you number 15 that has like really cool little sayings. This is a more adventurous way to live. There's a common misunderstanding among all human beings who have ever been born on earth that the best way to live is to try and avoid pain and just try to get comfortable. A much more interesting, kind, adventurous, and joyful approach to life is to begin to develop our curiosity, not caring whether the object of our inquisitiveness is bitter or sweet. To lead a life that goes beyond pettiness and prejudice and always wanting to make sure that everything turns out on our own terms to lead to a more passionate, full, and delightful life than that, we must realize that we can endure a lot of pain and pleasure for the sake of finding out who we are and what this world is, how we tick and how our world ticks, how the whole thing just is. Two things I was thinking when you were reading that was, one, I was thinking of... um, Maybe someone else should be reading it? No. (laughs) I like your voice. I wish Cousin David is here to have him read it. Um. I love Cousin David. I like really love him. Anyway, um, no, I was thinking of the woman who, the swimmer. Kim Chambers. She doesn't go swimming because she loves it. She goes swimming because she's scared of it. Yeah. And that she's going to conquer it. And that she was talking about getting eaten or stung by those jellyfish jellyfish, like time and time again. And I was just like, ah. And then the next thing in my mind was then you talking about how when you're in nature – you're so with yourself that if you aren't comfortable with yourself, it could be really uncomfortable to go hang out in nature. Yeah, no, totally. Rather than comfort. Yeah. It, like in order to know yourself, you got to be outside of the comfortable area. And for instance, like people say to me, oh, you need so much money to have an adventure. I'm like, just buy a Greyhound ticket to somewhere you don't know with very little money in your pocket. You will have an adventure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? It'll be an amazing adventure. You'd meet people you never could have imagined meeting. 
And yet, you know, we want to make sure it looks like an Abercrombie and Fitch commercial before we're ready to embark on it. I was having this conversation over the holiday break with my niece. She's on a little break between finishing school and going to... um, Finishing school, did you say? No, no. Not oh, finish, sorry. <laughs> Finishing school. Okay. Yeah. I was like, wow, I, that is someone I want to have on Podship Earth. No, no. Someone in finishing school. No, sorry. Be- between finishing school. Yep. There was a pause you. there. Yeah. Sorry. Um, and go and starting um, school to become a physical therapist. And so she wants to travel. Travel now is so different. Like I was, I was trying to tell her about when I was traveling alone and when I was traveling most. And there was no cell phones then. Right. And all the like crazy adventures that I had were a result of not having a cell phone. I didn't have a phone and I was in the wrong part of town and there was no way for me to take a bus to get back in time. So I like stopped at this light and looked at all the cars and picked the newest one and like knocked on the door and said, hi, can you take me downtown? <laughs> then I got in, so I got in this guy's car. He's like, yeah, sure. And he took me to where I was going, but in the process is telling me like, oh yeah, well, I'm headed downtown because I got to get a drug test and so that I could be, get my contractor's license. And this is my third try. I keep pass. I keep failing the drug test. And I was like, oh my God, whose car did I get into? I'm going to die. But he's trying. Time. Come on Friday. He was trying. He was a very nice person. Yeah. The adventure for me at the time was figuring out that I could solve a problem I could survive an uncomfortable situation. And if it were today, I would have gotten off the bus, pulled up my phone, called an Uber. Maybe actually your adventure is better if you have less. And call it our new year's revolution. There's this amazing book called Shambhala, The Sacred Path of the Warrior by Chogyam Trungpa. Here's a quote. Some people feel that the world's problems are so pressing that social and political action should take precedence over individual development. We have to recognize that our individual experience of sanity is inherently linked to our vision for a good human society. So we have to take things one step at a time. If we try to solve society's problems without overcoming the confusion and aggression in our own state of mind, then our efforts will only contribute to the basic problems instead of solving them. Do as I say, not as I do. There's this sense like I can be unhealthy because I'm pursuing this grand division of trying to help the planet. And I think what this is saying clearly is one's got to come first. If you're not healthy, you can't give anything healthy back to society or the planet. I agree with that 110%. So with that, how do you think about your own health? For me, the key, particularly to the gym, is to have someone there to hold me accountable. And I can just tell you after how many years of resolutions that if there is not somebody meeting me at the gym, I'm not going. I won't go. Yeah. And you but know that But if someone that I know is going to be there and be ticked off that I didn't show up, I'm there. So gym buddy. I need a buddy. I need, I need an accountability buddy. And what about mental health? Well- Definitely one of my resolutions for the new year is to do more beach cleanups, which I think will help with my mental health because I think being at the ocean and hearing the sound of the waves is really therapeutic. However, as I was sifting through 
all the microplastics and the pieces of styrofoam, I was also like, what is going on in our world? This is terrible. Where did all this styrofoam come from? Who are these people using all this styrofoam? So I... That sounds like anxiety causing. And now words from this week's sponsor, Calm. for attaining any goal is being present. Whether my mind is stuck in the past or dreaming of the future, I know I need to slow down and be mindful. By incorporating meditation into my life, I'm much more focused and can accomplish goals with greater clarity and speed. As Friday and I discussed, it really helps to have a resolution buddy, and yet when it comes to meditation, it can be hard to find anyone to help. Cousin David suggested I try Calm, which is the number one app designed to help you meditate, sleep, relax, and even stretch. I love it. Here's Matthew McConaughey leading a guided Calm meditation on the subject of wonder. Well, hello there. I'm Matthew McConaughey, and tonight I'll be reading a special sleep story called Wonder. Before we begin, as you settle in under the covers with your head easing into the pillow and your body sinking into the mattress. I'd like you to let your mind drift with me for just a minute. If you head to calm.com slash podship, you'll receive 25% off Calm premium subscriptions, which includes hundreds of hours of programs, including guided meditation on issues like anxiety, stress, and focus, and a brand new meditation each day called the Daily Calm, which is perfect to guide you in building a meditation habit. There's even a section called Emergency Calm for when you're at your wit's end. Chances are, if you're playing this session, you're in need of immediate stress relief. So let's take a few moments to calm your mind and body. There's also categories on sleeping, relaxing, music, masterclasses, and a section on the body, which includes back care techniques that I really benefit from. Let's get started. Come to lie down on our backs keeping the feet grounded down into the floor. And the toes and the feet are parallel to each other, which means that the toes aren't facing in and they're not facing out, they're facing forward. Calm helps me meet my daily self-help goals and learn a lot in the process. To get unlimited access to all of Calm's content, go today to calm.com slash podship. Give yourself the gift of Calm in 2019. It can really change your life. Go to calm.com slash podship. And now back to Friday and me talking about making resolutions. Friday, at the other end of the spectrum from Calm, which is very therapeutic, is Instagram, which drives me bonkers. I actually hate Instagram. I hate doing it. It's not interesting for me at all. But it feels like But I, I feel to. like if I'm not there, how do I prove to people that I know what I'm talking about? How do I get people talking about me? Which is so crazy, right? I mean, yeah, like how I'll, do I do this business but that, without there's this that? correlation? Like, yeah, that, that you fear that people won't know what, what you're talking about because you don't have a big enough Instagram presence, right? Yes. And at the same time, those things aren't correlated. No, they're totally <laughs> yeah. not. They're totally not. Whether you've got a great picture of your Christmas tree, right? Or can help a client through a complex situation on recycling, they're not no, probably I know. connected. I know. 
they're not connected. And somehow that's the thing that tethers me. So maybe that's a resolution. Yeah, I think trying caring to caring less about what people think. That's always a resolution. That's a hard one. It is a hard one. I struggle with that. I really believed that I was someone that didn't care what other people thought. But then the more I analyzed it, the more I realized I was just fooling myself. I really care. I care a little less now because I understand it, but it's hard. Oh, no, I care a lot. I care a lot. Um, and I and I actually think that it's something that guides my every day. Sometimes when I do something that pushes me outside my comfort zone or something I feel like I don't have time to do, but I but I do it anyway, often the thought in the back of my mind is, this is what a good friend does. This is what a good citizen does. This like, And that there's someone, I don't know who it is, that's looking at me and judging me based on that. Well, right? And, you. Well, yeah, no, me. But but I maybe mean, if it was just me, yeah. if I didn't care what other people thought, maybe I wouldn't do that. But because I do care what people think, and as a result of this crazy year that I've had, it's very morbid to say this, but honestly, I think about like, well, if I were to die tomorrow, if I got hit by a bus tomorrow, what would people say about me? And I want I would want them to say that I was a really great friend and I was really generous with my time and I was very purposeful. So those are the things that drive me is literally what those voices would say about me. And I think that means 100% that though. I care what other people well, think. <laughs> partly does, but there's part that partly is a conversation with yourself. Yeah. Like wanting other people to see you as generous, if you just inverted it, would be, I want to be generous. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I want to be generous. I don't care if people think I'm crazy. Because they all do. They all think that I do all these things that are ridiculous, like picking up the trash in front of my house and all this other stuff. Well, that, that kind of gives, you, that gives you leeway to be anyone you want. Right, yeah. If Actually, they thought started, you were very straight-laced and, you know, very conservative, then you might not be able to do those things because right? of fear that people would think you're crazy. But if they already do and you're fine with it. That's yeah. probably a good thing. Maybe it's the best gift ever from my in-laws is that they're from the East Coast and I was the crazy hippie from California. Came home with their son and they were just like, this girl. And from then on, I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm her. Yeah. So since I'm already her, I'm just going to own it and be all of it. trying to think about what are my environmental goals or resolutions for the year. And kind of none of them are the like, bring your own cup and do all the stuff, in part because I've made habits out of many of those things. But I do want to help other people do that. I think that that's important. But the thing that, the two things that that really came to me are spending more time outside, like really in the trees. I need more like literal tree hugging. And more activism. So not so much, oh, look at me, I have a carbon-free Christmas tree, right? Like my, <laughs> my the lights on my tree are powered by the wind and the sun. Um, not so much that as like, okay, I'm going to take the privilege that I have and join up with these other moms and say, the air in this other neighborhood is not clean enough. Let's go clean it. Clean air and clean water. We can all agree on that. Nobody wants their kids breathing bad air, period. 
you're helping people be an environmental buddy because sometimes it's just too hard to do it yourself. Totally. A hundred percent. Actually, kind of the do it yourself mantra is, um, I mean, this kind of male rugged individualism, the Marlboro man on is kind of built into American culture, right? Which is if there's a problem, I'm going to solve it myself. I'm going to come up with a solution myself as opposed to like, how do we work with other people to get the problem solved? Yeah. And it does very much feel like when you say I need help, that it's like failing, right? That that you should be able to do it all on your own. Um, But we're just not built that way. It's not how it works for us. So we got to shift that thinking. Yeah. I love this idea of accountability buddies. Right, somebody who helps you, or support. Yes, yeah, I mean, to me, it's not accountability and discipline. You have to have discipline, and I think we kind of think that, you know, the the magic of Instagram and social media is that all this stuff just happens by happenstance. Oh yeah, no. Like oh oh, there's no planning. They just you know Kim Kardashian just dresses like that and gets up. You know, she doesn't need to even put on makeup. It just all looks that great. <laughs> Right. It takes a lot of discipline to do any kind of resolution, whether it's a New Year's resolution or not. I always thought discipline came from the outside. Someone was going to discipline me. Mm. Like in school, I got disciplined a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but what I've realized is discipline is from inside. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a At friend least the to me. It's the kind that works the best. Yeah, but it's a friend to me. Like my discipline helps me do the things I want to do. Yeah. So the. A, a true real resolution, like every single month, one weekend, we are going away from the city and we are going to spend time in nature. It's a great goal. Yeah. And it feels totally attainable, especially where we live. And there it just needs so to be much planned. Nature. It just needs to be planned. I'm just going to block three days on my calendar and f- go through the whole entire year and be like, this weekend, we're going here. And this weekend, we're going here. And then it's on there and we're done. It happens. Just trees and nature and bugs and dirt and the whole deal. I worry that we hang our hopes on these resolutions and commitments that are made by global leaders, and yet they're not really doing very much. I'm always torn about, okay, I recognize that the scale has to be really big, and so these big nations making commitments with each other is an important aspect. But to some degree, I'm like, of course they're not going to hold each other accountable or do these things. Because at the end of the day, the people who are making it happen are – me and you and our neighbors. It's just people, right? This stuff works from the ground up and not so well from the top down. And so it doesn't really surprise me that these big giant at the very top commitments kind of don't happen. So that means our New Year's resolutions are even more important. Yeah, I agree. I think our New Year's resolutions are pretty important. I think a lot of people are going to have New Year's resolutions to go vegan, for instance. Mm. And there's probably nothing that they could do in their life in the year ahead that would have more of a beneficial impact on them or the planet than going vegan. Maybe we just go into the year saying, I'm going to be good to myself and I'm going to be good to the people around me. 
I'm going to love them for who they are. And if we all can love each other for who we all are, then maybe we can counter some of that toxic societal pressure, maybe. And as that relates to being vegan, I would love to be vegan, but I don't have the willpower to not eat those foods that I love. Um, But I have found that when somebody cooks vegan for me, I, it's delicious and amazing. And I have not yet learned the tools on how to do that. But so for me this year, I would love to learn how to cook vegan. But that means that I'm going to eat vegan, not 100%, but maybe half the time, which so much of resolution and goal setting feels like 100% or 0%. Exactly. And, and I feel like maybe what we say to the people who set their resolutions to be vegan is, Go you and don't be upset at yourself when you aren't perfect. Like if you are vegan for four days a week or for lunch and not for dinner, that's still a big deal. That still helps the earth. It still helps your body. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Talking of Pima children, this is directly on point Friday. Oh, good. So the title of this little one is Why We Don't Need to Change Ourselves. When people start to meditate or to work with any kind of spiritual discipline, they often think that somehow they're going to improve, which is sort of a subtle aggression against who they really are. It's a bit like saying, if I jog, I'll be a much better person. If I only could get a nicer house, I'd be a better person. If I could meditate and calm down, I'd be a better person. But... (laughs) Loving kindness towards ourselves doesn't mean getting rid of anything. It means that we can still be crazy after all these years. We can still be angry after all these years. We can still be timid or jealous or full of feelings of unworthiness. The point is not to try and change ourselves. Meditation practice isn't about trying to throw ourselves away and become something better. It's about befriending who we are already. That's the study. That's what we come to know with tremendous curiosity and interest. That's my resolution for the year. I'm just going to copy that little thing and keep it in my wallet and carry it with me everywhere because that is totally it. There is this idea that the resolutions are going to change us. Right. As opposed to get to a place where we're good with who we are. Yeah. I mean, I hope that my resolution actually just helps me be better me. Like, I love the trees and the nature, and I want to go be There is no better you, though. That's what she's saying. You are perfect. It's just coming to grips with that. Oh, wow. That's even more interesting. That's a tough one. It takes some meditation to come to grips with that, right? Yeah. When I ask people if they meditate, the number one answer is, I'd love to meditate, but I'm just way too busy which seems both ironic and scary. Insanity. Yeah. Like, yeah. because we all know that it's not true. Absolutely. We all know that you go to work and you spend a whole bunch of hours at work not doing work. And then you have these bursts of really productive, super great time. And if you could just go to work for the really productive time, oh my God, think about how much more time you would have. You want to show people Friday at work that you're super busy. Oh my God, I'm so busy. When do I have time to do this? And that kind of creates this anxiety and angst around like how many things you can do and 
oh, I couldn't possibly think about like how much plastic uh, I'm consuming because I'm just so busy. Who created this problem that you're so busy and how do we undo that? It was the confluence of this, maybe in the 1950s, this, this belief that time is money. Right. Right. So my time is very, very valuable because it's been commodified. So when you commodify time, then- What a depressing thought. Yeah. Then everything is like on the clock. Like how quickly is that Amazon person that will soon be replaced by a drone moving the boxes around the warehouse? If you waste time, right, you're wasting money. Right. Having the luxury to think is classified as wasting time because how productive is thinking? Oh, but it's but that's where all the good stuff happens. So maybe one of the resolutions I'll add is that in 2019, I don't want to be busy. Busy kind of connotes right. there's a lack of control. Yeah, yeah, there's chaos. Yeah. That's a good resolution. All right, let's review our resolutions. One weekend in nature every month. More with the clean air moms. More mom activism. Yeah. You know, watching a lot of nature shows lately. My son is all the way into them. <laughs> so, so maybe this is like part of this is really stemming from that. <laughs> and there's like no filter, right? I mean, yeah. every, I can't remember what plastic thing it was, something. And Ever just looked at it and he goes, mom, is this plastic going into the ocean? Just maybe that's it. a show we need to do. How to talk to your kids about the environment. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. How much of this plastic going in the ocean? Mark? Is all the plastic going in the ocean? No, uh. just 10 million tons a year. So for me, the resolutions that you bring to mind are just enjoying the life that we have, not at the expense of ignoring all the terrible things that are happening. I really love your resolution of spending at least one weekend a month outdoors because I love being outdoors. You get more energy just being around nature. You get like a new lease on life, a new sense of, of possibilities. That's going to be one of my top ones as well. Oh, good. And being less busy. Yeah. Well, they kind of go hand in hand. Podship Earth goes into 2019. Who would have thought? Oh, we all thought. Well, I every week I never really know. Like that week in review, that was horrendous to put together. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> was it? Yeah. I thought it was going to be easy. I talked to Rob and David. I was like, yeah, yeah. We're, we've got Christmas. Let's just put together a really easy show. Yeah. <laughs> Look back at all the yeah. work you've done for yeah. a year. Anyway, thank you so much for being part of Podship Earth. Thank you for having me. A big thank you to New York Times featured sustainability guru Friday Apoliski for hanging out with Podship Earth this week. Living with intentionality is not easy, but being able to say the words, this is my life and I'm living it, is why we're on the planet. I love the idea of creating an eco-buddy network where you can get paired with people that realize that we can't do it alone. If you haven't read Pima Chodron before, you're in for a big adventure. She taught me the importance of letting go and that being compassionate requires that I first be compassionate towards myself. In that vein, don't worry if you can't meet all your resolutions all the time. 
but don't stop fighting to make them happen. Taking care of our own health is the first step to taking care of the planet's health. Next week, we celebrate Martin Luther King by talking with Evelyn Knight, who in 1965 marched the 54 miles from Montgomery to Selma with Dr. King. Thank you so much for being part of the Podship Earth journey. From the entire Podship Earth crew, sound engineer Rob Spate, producer Nancy Ferranti, executive producer David Kahn, and me, Jerry Blumenfeld, best of luck with all your resolutions. Mm-hmm.